podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined by Mark as we discuss what is rapidly becoming one of the topics of the week, which is whether or not it is time to wildcard. Now, people are normally uh, expecting burning questions on a Monday lunchtime these days, but uh, uh, as you probably understand, lots of real lives go on behind the scenes. And this week, Harry and Sonaldo will be coming to you on Wednesday. So in their place, it's me and Mark and we're going to talk about the wildcard. Feels a bit early to be talking about it already, but it's already becoming part of the conversation, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, I think last season when we had in the middle that we had the World Cup unlimited transfers, which is effectively a third wild card. I think, you know, in seasons previously, it was almost fairly normal to to use it this early, sort of around four or five. It was kind of accepted, but now we don't have again week seventeen. <laughs> unlimited transfers this year, all of a sudden it, it sort of hits home that, well, if, if you use the wildcard this week, it's going to be over 20 game weeks probably in, until they until use it again. So that that all of a sudden seems a big amount of time. But as we'll discuss, there, there are pros to pros to using it now um, as well as further points down the line. Mm. Yeah, and of course, uh, it's uh, been a topic of conversation over the summer as well. Um, the editorial department had a look at the best times uh, to deploy it. So there's a little bit of that research that's come into this as well. Um, and before we go any further, Mark, why don't you just uh, give us a brief idea of some of the stuff that the editorial team has been up to over the weekend, what you've got planned for this week, because sometimes th- this heavy analysis of the season ticker might look like it's um, you know, something that, that requires a lot of additional attention. But I suppose it's really, this is the... Uh, this is just a day in the life of somebody who works in the editorial department at Fantasy Football Scout, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. And while the transfer window's still open, there's that extra element of uh, covering that. I imagine from next week it might get a little bit, uh, a little bit of time to breathe again. But yeah, the, the, over, over the weekend we've done sort of the usual uh, scout report, their uh, scout notes, um, just covering the action in detail with some really good stats in there. Uh, so I certainly recommend reading them and then this week yeah we're sort of i know we'll be doing more detailed looks at signings like jeremy doku and uh, mohammed kudos uh cameron archer has moved for to become a supposedly starting striker so we're going to look into that and as well as that it's just the usual sort of uh, the regular articles pro pundits uh, scout squad uh things like that and of course we are reactionary as well, so you can plan a whole week, but if something breaks on Wednesday, we will be right on top of that as well. Mm. Well, and in many ways, the the reaction to the wildcard very much falls under that uh, particular subject because, of course, uh, we've had some polls up on site asking people when they're planning on using their wildcard, and we discovered there was actually a lot of people thinking about it this week uh, and next week. So if you're in that boat, let us know in the comments, and we can uh, you know continue the conversation uh, throughout the week to help you make the best decision uh, for your team. One thing that Mark uh, uh, hasn't mentioned, which is useful because now it means that I can mention it, so he doesn't have to um, because it's my job to bash people over the head with this. Uh, of course, is that there were also uh, lots of uh, articles that the editorial team that are based heavily on members' data. Uh, and so they are, of course, part of the Fantasy Football Scout membership. It's still not too late to sign up for that. You can still save up to 30% on those preseason prices going into game week four. And as each week develops, that Fantasy Football Scout membership it becomes more and more valuable because you've got an extra week of data and it means those tables and comparison tools and everything are going to mean so much more each week that your sample size gets bigger. So make sure you get that sorted before the game week four 
deadline. Now, before we jump into um, sort of the pros and cons of the different positions uh, you can take with your wildcard, we're actually going to have a, a brief look at Mark's team and my team uh, to help give you guys a, a, an idea of what we're thinking for our own teams, because sometimes that can be a useful yardstick for other people. Because what we have to say, looking at a lot of this stuff, it's going to be very situational. You know, the pros and cons of each of the different time points you can use your wildcard are going to be very situational to your team. And so we'll, we, we have to sort of use broad brushstrokes when assessing those. And so looking at our own teams uh, should help um, create some, some situational specificity that hopefully there's people out there with similar looking teams to my team or, or Mark's team. And that might help you guys make a decision as to what's best for your team, which is what we're really aiming for uh, here. So let's come to your team in game week three first, Mark. Good game week for yourself, 54 points up to 156k overall rank, which is, is a really strong place to be after three game weeks, right? Yeah, it's yes, it, it is very good. I'm I'm delighted with that rank. Um there's the there is the horror of having Udogi's 12, 12 points on the bench after benching him last week as well. So in that respect, it feels like a missed opportunity because Ruben Diaz uh came in for Gabriel. And of course, the one week where I didn't have Gabriel was the one week where he would have let the auto sub happen. So that that's a bit of a that's a bit of regret. If it just yeah. held off on that transfer, it, it would have would have had ten more points. So uh, that's just rotten luck, really. But I can't complain. I really can't throw words around like bad luck because it's been a good start. The rank is solid, and I'm pretty pleased with the team, really. And um, maybe just maybe not picking the eleven from that team. Hmm. It's 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 been good. Bruno Fernandez finally, uh, and Rashford sort of both finally delivered. Uh, so that was that was great, and that justified the faith that Jackson for Watkins transfer sort of did it, and immediately got very nervous about it, um, especially as the Chelsea game progressed and Sterling was getting the goals. It was like, oh no, this was a huge mistake. But uh, it, it turned out okay. Jackson's up. I think Jackson beat Watkins seven to five this week, so that's okay. That that wasn't too much of a disaster either. So, yeah, it's 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 been a strong start. I'm, I'm sad enough to keep a spreadsheet year on year of every week's rank. So, I've looked at the last four seasons, and I always tend to drop in game week three. I don't know why. And this year it was a rise, so that feels great. Mm. Yeah, it's looking pretty good, and we'll obviously talk about wildcard possibilities in a minute. But there's a lot of um, key players here who would probably be. Uh, on a wild card, if someone were to do it for game week four, so fairly strong position. Uh, faith in the United assets, which largely we've been preaching throughout the week. To be honest, um, it's nice to see um, you, you know tagged into that school of thought, and it's worked. Nineteen points across the two players, which uh, is more than can be said for some of the other players in that particular bracket. Uh, Jackson, you've got your Chelsea attack, nice and sorted. You know, Spurs fixtures have swing have swung already and continue to swing um, quite quickly this week and the weeks coming up. So Spurs assets are going to be in the conversation. Yes, it's frustrating that Udogi's on the bench, but it's perhaps destiny that you're going to start him in game week four. So you've got him. You can you can do that. So um, there's lots of things there that that um, 
are good for your team. And also, as I said, 156,000 uh, overall rank is, is a good place to be. So if there's people watching this video and you're in uh, the sort of similar uh, echelon as Mark is, then it's definitely not a time, in my opinion, um, to be panicking. Um, we'll have a look at my team in game week three, and then we'll have a look at our respective bus teams. Uh, I'm definitely not wildcarding. I, I got 70 points in game week three. I'm up to 19k, which actually feels, to be perfectly honest, disgusting, and I'm I'm really sorry. Um, I feel really bad talking about it at the moment because obviously I want to, but at the same time I don't want people to think that I want to want to. You know, I just have to I have to I have to talk about it. Um, yeah, there's like a humbleness to it. Like <laughs> it's a fact. It's, it's you don't enjoy having a good week, but it's just it's just what's happened. Yeah, well, I enjoy having the good week. What I don't enjoy is, I'm just going to put my team on the screen, um, you know. Um, but yeah, so Flecken, four points for him. Cash, just a measly 17 for him. Um, Stupinan uh, got the one. Chilwell, six. Rashford, seven. Burmo two. And then th this is where it's really, um, I'm not going to say jammy because there's some skill to this. Um, this is where it becomes disgusting, uh, if you get that reference. Um, DRB, 12 points as well. Uh, so I did Salah to Foden, which in the end just went from I think I think five points to four. So I've lost one point there, uh, but I don't mind because I think I want Foden for the next few anyway. Saka eight points, Pedro one, Haaland eight. But this is the worst, 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 worst part. I'm uh, I'm annoyed in inverted commas that Foden came on the pitch because if he hadn't, then I'd have got eleven points for Anderson. So I do know how you feel, Mark, mm. in the sense that you've had a good week, but you're still scratching your head and going, oh. Oh, what might have been if it wasn't for... Basically, Sheffield United scoring that goal is what cost me the Anderson points. Because I think if Sheffield United didn't score that, I think Foden stays on the bench and I get those points. But yeah. as you said, cannot complain one bit. In fact, if I started complaining, I think I'd probably be met with some very... Um, I'm not going to say abusive comments in the in the chat because they would be justified. They would be holding me to account for complaining about this in game weeks when some people have had some bad luck. So I also feel like I'm in a position where I don't need to wild card uh so i will put my bus team on the screen um flecken brentford's fixtures continue to be good i can sub in anderson for the first time this season i don't think i've started him yet playing wolves crystal palace are going to sort of feature a little bit when we look at some of these fixture swings in a minute uh, stupid and chill world just feel like auto uh, includes at this point um and Burmo, foden uh, and saka continue to have good fixtures in my opinion uh, aston villas are gonna going to stiffen up at some point but I'm happy to start DRB against Liverpool because we know this Liverpool defence isn't great Rashford's probably in the chopping block so is Pedro but I've still got two free transfers which is probably a unique position to be in but either way I, I don't need to wildcard if I want to make some big changes I can just use the two free transfers or, or take uh, a hit so then let's mark let's put your game week four team on the screen as it is so far um you actually still got a doggy on the bench <laughs> well yeah as soon as I sent you that I thought that's going to be a, a downfall. The thing is, right, Chilwell and Ruben Diaz have, have got to be starting regardless. So, or, the only options would be four-man defense or Udogi over Estepinian. But, and yeah, Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet so far. But as a Newcastle fan, I know that we can't defend very well. Um, and... Estupinian plays on Trippier's side of the pitch. So when Trippier's getting forward, there's definitely a space in behind for a very, very attacking fullback to exploit. So he could also be a good option. So it's either him or Udogi. I'm sure as the week develops, I'll be going back and forth on it. There is sort of, it'd be idiotic for me to once again bench Udogi. <laughs> but 
then again, looking at the lineup, it's it's even uh, even Archer, even Cameron Archer. I mean, you're probably not going to put faith in a Sheffield United attacker, but you know he's just signed for them and he's at home to Everton. That's a pretty good game. Yeah, it is. Well, I think what that underlines is your squad is actually a pretty good nick. I think it's in a place where it doesn't it doesn't really need uh, a wild card. And so, again, uh, we're going to now move on to uh, the different times you could wild card. But those of you are who are watching along, and if you see similarities with your team, either with Marks or with your team and mine, probably going to be okay for now. But what's really interesting is the results of this poll that we've had on Fantasy Football Scout um, since the conclusion of Game Week 4, asking the question, when do you plan or expect to play your first wildcard? And currently, admittedly, the, the winning camp has not got any plan for it yet. That's 31.36%. Uh, the most popular time at the moment does remain Game Week 9, which is the October international break, which we'll have a look at the specific fixtures uh, in, in a second, 17.6% uh, of people have voted for that option. But very, very close behind it right now is game week four, 16.2%. So there's only about 1.3 percentage points there, gap between those two. It's um, not too far off with, with, with that particular choice, which of course is this game week coming up. Uh, a little bit behind that, game week five, which is the September international break, 13.03%. Uh, and 10.9% of people who voted in this poll have already played it. And then there's a smattering of, of, of percentage points under 5% for game week 13, which is the November international break. Game week um, 19, which is when Man City come back from their blank. Uh, game week eight, and I'm reading these in um, descending order from most to least. Game week eight, uh, 2.2%. 2.3% of people voted for that one. Game week 18, which is when Man City have their blank because of the uh, Club World Cup. Also, Crystal Palace blank that week as well. It's worth noting, and they've looked good so far. 1.06%. Game week 6 and 7 on less than 1%. And then 0.3% have gone for any other game week not listed. But, of course, the headlines here are that game week 9 remains the most popular, but not far behind it is the game week 4 wildcard. So, um, let's have a look at the season ticker uh, and have a look at who are the teams we would want to invest in if we were sorting the season ticker by uh, overall best fixtures between game week four and game week 13 Spurs, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Luton and Liverpool are the top six teams and it must be said it's not many people have a lot of coverage of those teams right now and so a game week four wildcard could have its benefits right Mark? It could do yeah Um, certainly from when, when James Madison scored at the weekend it just it, you immediately got the feeling that he's probably going to be the most bought or one of the most bought players of the game week um and those who have not yet got your doggy are going to jump straight on him as well so even though the richarlison situation um that, that, that's another thing about this week though it is the final week of the transfer window so if 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 we knew for sure that richarlison was still going to be spurs's main striker um you know, there could be some people who have faith in him and sort of look forward and not not look back at what he's done so far. But um, Madison seems like a safe choice. <clears throat> Newcastle, well, I'm still probably a bit biased because I'm still a bit hurt from Sunday, but I think defensively, especially if Botman's injured, which is not known yet, the, the, the clean sheets don't really arrive anymore. If you go for um, Isaac up front, he's going to get subbed for Callum Wilson about 70 minutes into, into each match. So even there, 
thinking Newcastle have the fixtures, but um, could are they essential? Who knows that Kieran Trippier may still be popular from last year. And then yeah, Palace as a has good and alliance stats. Um, it just hasn't happened on the pitch so far. So it depends if people have already ditched him for someone like Mbwemo or whether they look at Palace against Wolves and Fulham and Nottingham Forest and think, well, he's he's going to come good. Mm. Yeah, I think the, the main issue that we've got is that those teams that are towards the top end of the season ticket for this period, we don't necessarily know 100% if we can trust them yet. Um, so, for example, I'll just briefly touch on Luton. You know, I've only seen them play twice and I haven't seen anything that would make me want to start any of their players in any game week, let alone own them, um, for example. So, you know, not that interested in the fixture swing there. Um, Liverpool are six highest, but they've still got Villa at home next, which is not exactly a nice fixture. And then, of course, they've got Wolves away, which, again, is a good fixture. West Ham at home, Spurs away, Brighton away. I mean, they're really tough games. It's really game week nine when Liverpool look really, really uh, investable in because then you get Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away. And obviously we are going to talk about it in a minute. Game week nine does look like a decent time to play that wild card. A couple of other bits and bobs with Newcastle. I don't want to invest in Newcastle now. I want to invest in Newcastle for game week six because Brighton away, Brentford at home, they are tough fixtures. Now, um, you, you know, you are a team that is capable of winning those games, Mark. We, we, we know we can see that. I mean, and, and you really should, in inverted commas, probably have beaten Liverpool uh, as well. So you're a team that can do that. But as you say, how to invest in Newcastle, still very much up in the air. I was just having a look at some numbers. Um, no, uh, the only one Newcastle player has an expected goal involvement uh, higher than 1.01 so far. Um, uh, sorry, regular starter, I should say. That is Anthony Gordon uh, with 1.38. Um, Harvey Barnes does have an expected goal involvement of 1.21 but to be perfectly honest Barnes and Gordon are in the same boat as Wilson and Isak right like mm-hmm. one of them's going to start he is not going to finish the game because the other one will come on and finish it for him um, and that is just you know a little bit concerning so it just means that there's about 20-25 players that have a higher expected goal involvement than the, the the highest expected goal involvement Newcastle attacker now you have played City and then you played Liverpool so maybe that's to be expected but I just need to see the attacking numbers for Newcastle settle before I invest and game week four is not the time to do it, but you're going to need it for game week six. So do you really want to be wildcarding to, to be investing heavily in Newcastle when the fixtures aren't ready yet, or you don't go with them at all. And then you're short Newcastle options by game week six. That's kind of the way I see that. And then with Spurs, Madison is an easy transfer this week. You don't need a wildcard for that, in my opinion, because we were all sat there with either a Rashford a Martinelli uh, or some other sort of largely underperforming mid uh, pr- mid price upper mid price lower premium midfielder who can I don't think there's many people that feel that they can't reach Madison right now uh, with just one move so you don't need a wild card for that uh, Crystal Palace I think at the moment are still best used in a defensive rotation rather than um, investing heavily in their attackers. Because, again, look at their fixtures. They they flip and flop all over the place. Wolves at home, perfect. I'm going to start Anderson. Villa away, Anderson's on my bench. Uh, Fulham at home, I start Anderson. Man United away, put him on the bench. Forest at home, Anderson starts. Newcastle away, on my bench. You know, so um, I'm not going to invest heavily there either. Um Perhaps the, the only thing, well, and, and here, here's the other thing. Also, look at the bottom of the season ticket for game week four. We've got um, Chelsea have the third worst fixtures between game week four and game week 13. But right now, if you're going to wildcard, you're going to want Chelsea attackers. And so effectively, if you're spending your wildcard now and you're saying, I am not going to be able to make major changes, 
until game week, is it 19 when we get that second wild card? It means by the time that Chelsea's fixtures swing back in the opposite direction quite quickly in game week nine, from game week nine onwards, they have Arsenal at home, Brentford at home, Spurs away, City at home, Newcastle away. And so you need a Chelsea exit plan if Mm -hmm. you're playing your wild card now. But however, game week nine keeps coming up. as a time uh, and you know Brentford is another one actually they're quite near the bottom you need Brentford attackers now because you're going to need them for the Bournemouth game the Everton game the Forest game but then you've got United Chelsea Liverpool Arsenal four of their six fixtures between game week 8 and 13 teams you need to invest in now you need an exit plan for them and you largely need that exit plan around game week 9 which is where Newcastle's fixtures look nicer when Liverpool's fixtures look nicer so should we talk about the game week 9 wildcard now Yes, that seems to be when the fixture swings seem a bit smoother. Yeah, that's right. So I've stuck the game week nine uh, season ticket on the, on the on the screen. So game week nine to 18. So the top fixtures uh, for this period, we've got West Ham, Forest, Newcastle, Wolves and Liverpool as the top, uh, top five. And then the worst five are Luton, Chelsea, Man City, Brentford, Fulham and Palace. So uh, yeah, what what would you from from the game week from those teams? West Ham, Forest, Newcastle, Wolves, Liverpool. Any any guys uh, jumped out for you there? Uh, Jared Bowen has um, he had a good preseason and he's had a good start. He, he is, I suppose, what the arrival of Ward Prowse in theory sort of removes some of his threat because it's set pieces and stuff, but it hasn't stopped him in terms of goals so far. So he's definitely a name that be I'll be looking at. Um and if you if you do wildcard game week nine and Areola is still their goalkeeper, you could start looking into a, another like in a, a new rotation with Areola instead of Turner. So that could have that could have a knock on effect. Uh the Newcastle assets yeah I suppose we've covered there really. It, 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 we just need to learn more about um whether the defense can get back to how it was last season, the, the first half of last season. And uh, which other teams? So we had, uh, well, there's Wolves as well. Uh, Wolves and Forest, I suppose, which could provide uh, budget options, I guess. I mean, t- I mean, a one-yi, oh, his yeah. form has been looking really, really good. I mean, he obviously didn't, I, I, well, actually, I don't know. I should double-check this. Did he get attacking returns against United? He's uh, he scored in seven consecutive games. Yeah. Well, so he's looking great. So, you know, you don't want him now. But again, like game week nine, I mean, the, the crucial thing here is the recurring theme is all the teams that we're, we, we're clamoring to get involved in, Brentford, City, Chelsea, right down the bottom of the season ticker from game week nine. And all the teams we're not invested in right now, Forest, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, all very up near the top. I mean, and well, let's, let's briefly talk about Wolves as well, because they actually haven't looked bad so far, you know. And Gary O'Neill seems like the perfect guy to get the best out of them, because he... Pretty much just a repeat of last season, right? <laughs> like he's taken over, quote, the impossible job, um, and he's already overachieving in many ways. Yeah, expectations were very, very low for Wolves, and then on the opening day they racked up. Was it over twenty shots at Old Trafford or something? They should have won that game, really. They should have won it. Never mind a draw, and they got neither. That was incredibly unlucky. And then, um, yeah, Brighton. Sort of racked up another four-one victory there, and, and that was a, that was a poor game week too. But yeah, to, to get that win against Everton, who you'd expect would be down there amongst the the relegation huddle as the season goes on, that that could be a huge victory. 
And um, in goal, Jose size five million, which does seem a bit, maybe a little bit pricey. But for the rest of the squad, Pedro Neto still might be a, a bit of a sore subject <laughs> to bring up. But uh, yeah, if, if we can get get a striker from they've got Cunha who's five point five and Kalajic who's five million. If if one of those two could break through as as their main striker and you know rack up one or two goals over the next few weeks, that could be a good sort of enabler that allows Salah to come in or something like that. What what maybe people thought João Pedro was going to be. So possibly we we need to see more about them to see whether they are a good team or whether they've just exceeded expectations. Mm. I do think they are definitely going to focus on those teams against uh, uh, in in that in that same area of the table they expect to be. Um, you know, Everton wonder when Everton seems like what will keep the, if they can do that more often than not this season. That's what would keep them up. And so if we if we can if we can get some evidence that we can trust them in those kind of games, this run here from game week nine looks fantastic away at Bournemouth who we would expect to be in that bracket of the league. No disrespect to them, but, you know, they're kind of in a transitional period. Um, you know, so, so so that looks like a, a game where they can get something. Um, Sheffield United away game week 11, Fulham away game week 13, Burnley at home game week 15, Forest at home game week 16. So that's that's five games uh, in, in, I think, an eight-game run between game week 9 and 16, where if Wolves have done enough between game weeks 1 and 8, I wouldn't mind just rotating in a Wolves defender for those games and then benching them for the Newcastle Spurs and Arsenal games, for example. So I think that the best wildcards are done in such a way that you you will get utilisation out of basically every player. You know, it, for example, if you've got a week where... Well, I'll use, I'll use my team as it is right now as an example. Like, Cash has done fantastic for me this week, but do I want to start him away at Liverpool in game week four? Not really, but it's fine because I made sure that my defensive rotation was planned for a six, seven, eight game week period with my game week one team, which, of course, basically is a wildcard, so that I can bring in... Anderson for this game week, who is at home against Wolves, who we've obviously just been talking up, but I do think that Palace can keep a clean sheet there because it's just it's a different type of game for Wolves, a different kind of game for, for Palace. And so those cheap defenders, they can sometimes be the bedrock of your wildcard team so that you get that extra six, seven points over other people simply because you can just rotate a guy in for a nice fixture. So, and Forest could be the same. I mean, Luton at home, game week nine. Um, they've got Everton at home, game week 14. Fulham and Wolves away, game week 15, 16. Bournemouth at home, game week 18, for example. Forest defence hasn't looked too bad so far, but it's unfashionable. And that, and that's that's the main mm. thing with game week nine wildcard, really, is there's a, there's a lot of unfashionable assets. By this time, could be the go-to guys. And if you've already used your wildcard, you're not going to be able to invest in as many people from that quite large pool of players uh, as you could if you wildcard. So... Um, yeah, that that seems like one of the best times uh, to use it um, for me. But let's have a quick look at the game week thirteen uh, version. Um, and this would take you, if we use the same length of period, this would take you from game week thirteen to twenty-two. Teams that are at the top of the tree for this one: Brighton, which is interesting; West Ham, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Wolves, and Fulham are the top six. And the bottom six are Villa, City, Luton, Spurs, Crystal Palace, uh, Brentford. Um, and Newcastle is sort of just tapping into the bottom six without not quite being in it. The seventh worst. So, yeah, I mean, again, recurring theme here, right? We got we got players who are unfashionable near the top end of this. Or with Brighton, we're all kind of getting rid of them because they've dropped off the season ticker. They are actually going to come back. So a game week thirteen wildcard could uh, give the opportunity to do that. Yeah, but by the time Brighton's fixtures get good again, they'll be fully into Europe. 
the, the European rotation and, and that, that alone might be enough to uh, keep people away from certainly attackers sort of thing. Like their fishes might be good, but we have no idea what the Zerbi is going to do to that. Um, West Ham. So West Ham is still at the top, just like game week nine. So that sort of gives an answer about, about them, like in general, getting a midfielder and possibly a defender could really work in, in either situation. And if, if you're trying to put off a wild card as long as possible, um, using your normal transfers to get in a couple of West Ham's could could really help out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Arsenal up there as well. I mean, there's a few people mildly losing faith in some of their Arsenal uh, assets. But, you know, in game week 13 is actually not when their fixtures get as nice as they could be. It's actually the, the Wolves going game week 14, Luton away game week 15. Um, and then you've got Fulham, Palace and Forest, 2021 and 22, for example. So um could be a time for, for, for them to come back into conversation. And then also Bournemouth rising up. Sheffield United away, Palace away, Villa at home, Luton at home. Forest away, Fulham at home. Uh, they got a United game away in game week 16, but largely that little run looks looks nice too. It does, yeah. They've, they've got a bunch of 5 million midfielders. So if, if any of those, um, or up front, Semenyo, 4.5 striker, keeps starting at the moment. So if, if he's still starting by that point, um, he could definitely start some of those fixtures. And, and again, that would be a huge help to the squad because even if you use the wild card now, a lot of questions have already been answered. Like we already know who the four million pound goalkeepers are, stuff like that, the, the four million defenders. But certainly by later on, you can really have the best cheap options in every position. And if it's someone like Semenyo who has Sheffield United, Luton, all that coming up, they won't just be there to sit on the bench. They'll be there to to come in and rotate. And yeah, that'd be a great. That'd be a great depth to have by that point. Yeah, that's the thing. You just want some depth for your squad so that you can use everybody if you need to. Uh, especially with Game Week 13, uh, that's the 25th of November. And so that is heading into the Christmas period. And so um, arming your your team with really reliable bench assets uh, is going to be quite important for that um, little run. I was just having a quick look at when the uh, the first wildcard finally expires. I think it's game week 20 because that is the yeah. 30th of December, making game week 21 the first time that you can use uh, your, uh, your second one. And so what uh, is one last thing that's perhaps just on people's uh, mind uh, is, of course, that blank game week that Man City have in game week 18. And, of course, uh, um, oh, sorry, it's, it's Brentford, actually, I think it is, rather than Crystal Palace. I think it's Crystal Palace face uh, City in game week 17. So there had been some suggestion that if City's travel plans align in such a way, Palace would also miss a game as well, potentially. But at the moment, it's 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 City missing the one game against Brentford. But of course, they are two teams that people are probably going to be heavily invested in by game week 18. And so there's possible ways we can you know, gamify that little section of the season as well. Uh, perhaps uh, using the wild card for game week 18 um, and, uh, you know, then, um, you know, working a way to then build or rather using the dead ending your team into game week 18 as the alternative and using it game week 19 to get your City players back and because you're going to want them back, obviously, because it's City. You're going to want your Brentford players back as well because they come back in to Wolves at home, then Forest at home two game weeks later. So um, that saves you using a free hit. 
you think you could hold off as long as that? Game week 19? <laughs> it feels like a long way off, but there's definite advantages to that strategy. I did look into it the other night out of, out of sort of sadness that in my own personal time, I already started sort of thinking a game week nine wildcard could three or four you could three or four free transfers get you to roughly what you would want for that wild card and therefore you can keep it for later on. Um and it is possible. Um but I don't actually see myself personally keeping it that long because something will happen. Or also like it's not a game of whoever keeps it longest is best because there is a sweet spot and there is such a thing as waiting too long. So if everyone else is um get wild carding in a certain week and you're thinking, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do better by saving it. Well, you might have missed out on a on a few points in the meantime to wild card a team that was pretty similar anyway. I don't know. There's there's definitely no shame in using it earlier and there's no shame in using it this week either in, in all honesty yeah that's true i mean at whichever point people use it certainly you should never feel shame in doing so just because myself and mark wouldn't necessarily play our wild cards in game week four doesn't mean it's a bad decision for you to play yours because it as i said it is all um team dependent uh, as well i suppose the one last thing it's worth people considering of course is how long you give your wild card to be active for so i suppose it's one last possible counter pro to Mark's con on this very, very late one, is that if you do go late, then you're effectively being able to plan for fixtures uh, that are in the sort of middle part of the season, January, February, March, which traditionally are parts of the season where I've struggled. Um, because if you've played your wildcard in like game week seven or eight um, around mid-October or something like that, and then you want to save your second wildcard to really lean into the chips right at the end of the season um the later you play your first wild card the later you can get away with playing your second one and tailoring that towards maximizing the chip so it's worth thinking about that as well uh but as as he says there's no shame in in whenever you play it but i suppose that that's probably my last question i'll pose you mark is that gap between the first and second what would you say is the ideal length of game weeks between those two um First of all, it's hard to remember what a normal season looks like after the whole <laughs> pandemic and then look in the middle. So I can't even remember what normal times would be, but I suppose sort of ideally there'd be less than 20 game weeks between the two, but I've just plucked that out of thin air really. Um, if, if you used it in nine, you'd probably use the next one probably around 29, 30 seems to be popular most seasons. So that's like a rough sort of guide. Any more than that, as you know, you just got to make sure you have a good squad and good luck, really. Because another thing to think about is, whilst the blank game week eighteen, Man City Brentford, that can be navigated if if you see which cheap players have a good game week eighteen. It's like Bournemouth have Nottingham Forest on that week, so it, you could cover for Haaland or Embuemo with Semenyo or Matt Turner in goal has Bournemouth that week. So if you have Edison and Turner, that covers quite well. But another thing is, um, Afcon is happening in the new year, isn't it? Oh, that's very true. Yeah, Afcon Cup of Nations. So if you do hold off on the wild card until as late as possible, um, I can't remember which game week it starts actually, but it's certainly a fair, it would be like more Salah, um, I guess in, in Buemo, people like that. So there'd be some popular assets going away. So if you can go as close to that as possible with the first wild card and sort of 
prepare yourself for that. That's another factor to consider at the African Cup of Nations. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, it is uh, it's fascinating, the wildcard dilemma. There's lots of different places you can do it, lots of different places not to do it or what have you, depending on what is right for your team. So that's that's probably the one thing we'll just leave you with is um, we can give you uh, the pros and cons of each of these different positions. You, you probably worked out w- what our opinions are and we'll do it for our teams, but make sure it works for your team as well. If you want a bit of additional help, uh, then just stick some comments uh, in, in, in the comments and uh, we might be able to help you whether or not we feel like your team needs a wildcard now if it needs one later. So don't be afraid uh, of doing that. As I said, beginning of the stream don't forget of course to uh, get your membership sorted as well because a lot of the decisions you might need to make for your team you might be able to answer using some tools uh, some tables uh, or some maps uh, in the members area and of course we've seen a lot of the season ticker today if you want the ability to manipulate that yourself and ask it different questions about game week eight seven six whenever whichever game week you want you can have the access to that as well with that membership uh, and of course um, you can sort it by all number of different factors you can sort it by overall difficulty that's what we did today you can also sort it by attacking difficulty defensive difficulty you can also sort it by rotations as well if you're looking for teams that rotate best with a team that you quite like the look of for example all of that's included in the season ticket so make sure that you um, get your membership sort of a game week four, especially if you're considering that wild card. Also, if you've enjoyed the stream or you found it useful, hit the like button as well. We always appreciate that. Uh, it's absolutely free and it's a good way to support the channel. Subscribe and hit that bell notification as well so you don't miss a thing. But, well, with that, we shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your tinkering and we shall see you next time.